With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to Off the Bench with Scott Sattler and Benny Jones for Kubota diesel generators for serious backup power. Big Four. Book now at bigfour.com.au and first choice liquor for all your liquor needs. Yeah, welcome to Off the Bench. The weeks are flying by. Round 15 is upon us, of course, not too far away. Origin Game 2 in Sydney. That's next Sunday. So a lot of talking points to discuss in regards to that. Possible changes, more specifically to the Queensland side than the New South Wales side. I'd be pretty happy with what they put out there in Game 1. So we'll cover all of that and more. We've got a big Friday night preview coming up. The Roosters and Panthers at Allianz Stadium on paper. It looks an absolute beauty. And we'll also uh, recap what took place last night with the Eels taking on the Rabbits. Great debate. We've got a Makita power player, driver's seat. Boy, it's a big show. I don't know how we're going to... Cram it all into one hour of radio. This man will help me. Uh, of course, former Panthers premiership player, former Queensland origin representative, and of course now just one of the heavy hitters in NRL media, Scott Sattler. <laughs> Welcome to you, Sats. Yeah, I how are you, about that, And I don't know how much uh, intellect I'm going to add to your, uh, to your show, Benny, but in saying that also, um, we've got a tremendous, tremendous game on our hands tonight with the Panthers versus the, uh, the Roosters. Yeah. One of the great rivalries, I think, in rugby league. A lot of people don't class it as a rivalry until they're aware of the... Mm the background story of why they have become such great rivals over the years. Well, you'd know plenty about it, uh, of course, having represented the Panthers to great distinction. So we'll talk about that in just a matter of moments. Uh, speaking of Panthers, uh, one of their stalwarts uh, and certainly a, a star of the competition for a long, long time, a real real workhorse uh, will feature in our Makita Power Player on the back of his retirement. Uh, some amazing stories that have been revealed as to just how tough this bloke was. And uh, with our great debate, well, we might split it up into a Couple, one boxing related, and the other to do with all things origin, and a uh, a Queensland stalwart again that uh, that has made himself no longer available for selection moving forward. So we've got all of that and more to get into. But without any further ado, let's talk about it. The Roosters and the Panthers tonight at Allianz Stadium. Let's get an NRL update for Seven Eleven. Tackle your lunchtime hunger at Seven Eleven. Good call. Yeah, do that. And if you need a late night pick me up or even just a day after the night before pick-me-up. Try the new Kit Kat Chunky Chop Fudge Sunday. I really have to concentrate when I'm reading that one out because it's a mouthful, and uh, so is the Kit Kat Chunky Chop Fudge Sunday at 7-Eleven. Go and check that one out. We are previewing all things Friday night footy, and tonight at Allianz Stadium, it's the Sydney Roosters taking on the Penrith Panthers. Scotty Sattler, you alluded to the fact that these two clubs have developed a tremendous rivalry, probably dating back to, well, the early mid-1990s. Yeah, well, of course, Gus Gould coached the Penrith Panthers to their first premiership in 1991. What, they were the minor premiers that year also. And I think Phil Gould at that stage was... Well, he coached the Bulldogs to a premiership as a coach as a 29-year-old. I, I don't think we'll ever see that ever again in rugby league. I don't think we'd see that in AFL as well, a 29-year-old coach no, coaching a premiership-winning side. And then to then go skip ahead three more years and win the 91 grand final with the Penrith Panthers. Amazing record. Now, the Penrith Panthers in 90, 
1994, mm. Mark Murray, who was the then Eastern Suburbs Roosters coach, was sacked with about eight games to go. And then Arthur Beaton took over for just an interim period. And then Phil Gould arrived for the last game of the 1994 season. He left Penrith, went to the Roosters. And then in 1996, he then took Matt Singh, a kid that had come down from the central Queensland, Rockhampton, down to the Penrith Panthers. And also Penrith's favourite son, or one of Penrith's favourite son in Brad Fittler. Yeah. Took him to the Roosters as well. From that day forward, that's when a, a bit of rivalry <laughs> started with the Penrith Panthers and the Roosters. It doesn't matter where the Panthers have always sat on the table. There were years where Penrith was sitting in the bottom three sides. For some reason, would find enough gumption to always beat the Roosters, even yeah. if they were the table toppers. So, again, a really interesting competition, this one, uh, tonight. And um, not only not only did we see the, the rivalry that has always just been absorbed underneath the under, underneath the uh, the surface of both these sides, there's also a tremendous battle amongst the two sets of halves as well. Ben. Yeah, absolutely. We'll get to that shortly. But you have mentioned the contrast as to how these two sides are tracking at the moment. You've got one of the competition's best attacking sides against, statistically, the best defensive unit in the NRL. Well, funnily enough, the Panthers have the best defensive record. Uh, the Roosters have been, throughout the, the first 13 to 14 rounds, has been the best defensive side. Mm. Um, they've been, it's fair to say, they, they've they been rocks or diamonds, the Roosters this year. They haven't been as convincing as, as what we have seen them in the past. Uh, but the Panthers have slowly worked themselves into a situation where they are not seen as a side that can put 30 or 40 points on you, which they can, Yeah, but they can also absorb a lot of pressure and... and um, and get through those those times of resilience defensively to now be uh, the best defensive side in the competition as well. So mm. it's going to be a uh, a really good contest because the Roosters have always been the team to be chased. You've always had to chase the Roosters because they've sat in and amongst the top two or three sides for many, many years. Uh, they had one off year a couple of years ago, of course. We know that. But, um, but all of a sudden, they're the side that's doing the chasing of a lot of sides. Uh, they... They've only won three out of four games played against sides that are sitting above them on the on the ladder. Yeah, right. That's a concern, mm. um, and a concern that I think Trent Robinson has got to try and overcome. How do we try and uh, get over the top of the sides that we're going to face when those uh, those knockout rounds are going to uh, eventuate through the finals? Now, uh, you mentioned, of course, the Panthers' defensive capabilities, and gee, if you remove their first 20 minutes of every game they've played this season, those numbers would look even more impressive. I want to ask you about their slowish starts, uh, Penrith, probably the one Achilles heel of theirs very, very soon. But you mentioned the the, the battles at six and seven across both sides, star-studded with talent in those positions on the field. How do you see that one playing out? Well, this is probably the most interesting contest. Uh, Not both sides and both very aggressive forward packs as well. Probably Penrith more so. There are there are side like South Sydney that go out there and their mentality is to physically beat you up and then let their you know, their halves and and their uh, Dallin Watini's Lesniaks, these guys with a fair bit of pace to yep. finish you off in the in the late stages of the game. But yeah, you know, the, the halves of Maloney and Cleary up against Cronk and Keary is just it's <laughs> mouthwatering. Mouth it, it is. It's yeah. it's amazing yep. because you've got the running game of Keary and the running game of Maloney. You've got the um, the organisational skills of Cleary up against Cronk, the old versus the new, the kicking games of Cleary and Cronk also, mm. um, the coolness of Keary and Maloney. Keary and Maloney, it's interesting. Both sets of halves mirror each other. I was listening to Luke Lewis 
talk on NRL 360 during the week. And it was interesting the way that he described James Maloney. He said, with all due respect to Jimmy Maloney. Former teammate, of course. Yeah, yeah. he said, yeah, they won a premiership together in 16. He said, this is all due respect to Jimmy Maloney. He said, I think it's the attitude that a lot of halves have got to have. have. He just doesn't care. And what I mean by that is if he sees something and he wants to try it, he tries it. And if it doesn't come off, he goes, oh, well, let's just move on. Doesn't dwell on it. If it does work, well, then he does dwell on that. And then he continues to use that to his advantage throughout Mm. a game. Mm Mm-hmm. That's a dangerous player when you've got that on your hands. Yeah, Luke Keary, much the same. He's a bit of a gunslinger, a bit of a, a risk taker as well, Luke Keary. So the sixes, much the same. The sevens, very uh, very controlled and very composed in everything they do with Kronk and, and up against Nathan Cleary as well. So yeah. a, a great battle, a great battle to watch. It's going to be a game of chess. Yeah, It'll be Cleary and Cooper, Kronk, pushing their sides around the field mm. and then you'll see the jokers of the pack which will be the the Maloney's and the Kiri's you don't know what they're thinking and what they're going to do and yeah that's that's a great battle to watch absolutely and that battle within the battle itself will go a long way to deciding who wins that game tonight uh also just before we mention uh of course we're going to talk about him at greater length a little later on well done to uh Panther veteran Peter Wallace I think st- second stint at uh, at the club yep. after a uh, stay at the, uh, at the Broncos as well uh who announced his retirement midweek I think I, I read somewhere that he's going to train keep training on a, on a reduced program just in case there's some sort of unforeseen injury yeah. crisis at the Panthers, so they're just doing their due diligence there. But we mentioned their slow start, Penrith. It's probably their, their only Achilles heel at the moment. How do they fix it? And ultimately, Sats, I mean, you look at the way they're playing and where they sit on the table, is it that big an issue, really? Uh, no, it's not a big issue because when you've got a mentality, um, a lot of people say that you can only win premierships through your defence. I've never agreed with that. You've got to score more points than the other side on the scoreboard. Mm-hmm. And when you've got that mentality that, yeah, you may get us in the start, and yeah, you may skip out to a 14-point lead, but we're going to get you in the end. We'll grind you down. And yep. yeah, that's a dangerous side, and it's the mentality that Penrith have got at the moment. Again, on against Canberra the other day, they were, I think they were 12 or 14 behind. They, you know, with only a few minutes left, they were 10 behind. Yeah. Scored two tries. Jimmy Maloney kicked that clutch goal from the sideline to put it to 22-all, and then just over a minute left, Nathan Cleary just calmly slots a field goal. It's so, a great internal belief they've clearly got at the moment. Yeah. Well, yeah. it is. It's a mindset that this game's going to go for a long time, Yeah. and if you think this is going to go for the first 15 minutes and you're going to win that battle, well, that's not the way we no, roll. No. So it is something, though, when you get into the big games, when you get into the finals, when they get into the, the top four finals and they're, they're coming up against a, a Roosters and they're coming up... You know, against a Melbourne Storm, mm. you can't let those sides get to a, a 10, 12, 14 point no. head start. So, um, Benny, I suppose you can only draw on experiences. Um, we had a, a team that's much like this side in 2003. We we used to have slow starts, but we'd end up coming out of the top of sides in the last probably 10 or 12 minutes. Yep. We did have an attitude of, we're going to stay in the arm wrestle, but we're eventually going to score two or three tries in quick succes- succession. When we got to the finals, for some reason, we just clicked. Yeah. We didn't concede a lot of points. And uh, in the grand final, we conceded one try. The week before against the Warriors, we conceded two late tries. But up until then, we controlled the whole game. So for some playing groups, when you get to those those finals matches, mm. something just clicks yeah. and everything works. So I think this side is, this Penrith side is much the same. Got it on 
pretty good authority in that uh, 2003 grand final. Uh, you would have conceded two tries if it wasn't for the heroics of uh, one oh, certain bloke who it. laid a pretty impressive tackle. Anyway, it's contractually obliged to mention that every show. So <laughs> up next, uh, we'll get your tip on that game a little later on in the program. We'll also uh, review our uh, Thursday night footy, uh, the clash between the Eels and the Rabbits at ANZ Stadium. We've got a great debate coming up shortly. Uh, lots to get through. That is our Friday preview and it's for 7-Eleven Krispy Kreme Hershey Donuts at your local 7-Eleven. We're here thanks to our great friends at Kubota. Also first choice liquor for all your liquor needs. Up next, it's all things Thursday night. We'll look back on some of the big talking points right here on Off The Bench. This is Off The Bench for Kubota diesel generators. Big Four. Book now at bigfour.com.au and first choice liquor. This is Off The Bench for Kubota Diesel Generators. Big Four. Book now at bigfour.com.au and first choice liquor. Yeah, welcome back to Off The Bench, powered by Kubota with those diesel generators for the serious backup power you need when you need it most. And first choice liquor for all your liquor needs. Benny Jones here. Joining me a little later on for a great debate. Scotty Sattler will jump back in the studio. I'm uh, going to talk... Well, actually, we're going to throw in two great debates. Uh, one to do with all things league and origin in particular. And the other, boxing, off the back of the weekend where Jeff Horn relinquished his belt to Terence Crawford. What next for the Brisbane boy, the Hornet? What will he uh, look to as far as his next opponent? Could it possibly be, possibly be, Anthony Mundine. We'll have to wait and see. But thanks to First Choice Liquor, let's get stuck into our Thursday night review, looking at all things that took place on Thursday night. And uh, boy, oh boy, was this a high-scoring game at ANZ Stadium or what? And it looked like it was going to be a real classic at halftime. Someone forgot to tell the South Sydney Rabbitohs, who went into overdrive in the second 40 and absolutely took Parramatta to the cleaners. Thanks to Reno, it's not just a van, it's my van and first choice liquor. 24 to 42, the Rabbitohs' big winners going top of the table. Let's have a listen to some of the highlights, of which there were plenty, thanks to our NRL Nation call team. And they are just 10 metres out. He's tracked down by Inglis, is Bevan French. They've got a big line to the left now. Gutherson gets his hands on it, shows it to a couple. Norman to kick wide. Up it goes. The chase is on. It's fumbled. It's there for Parramatta. And they might have a try out of all of this for Josh Hoffman. Because the fans are letting you know the story. They're up and about the Eels faithful. They do have the first points of the night. South Sydney leading 6-4 after some early tries. Now Gutherson on to Jennings and he answers. The Jennings having a field day out on this near side of the ground at ANZ. First it was Robert Jennings for South Sydney and now George answers. Congratulate him for getting the turnover of possession as we checked out that replay thanks to car sales. Number one for cars. So through the hands they go to Tola, on to Walker, chance here, they'll score again, can you believe it? It's a dead set replay of the play they put on, and it winds up in the hands of that man again, Robert Jennings, and they both track down their little brother. Now there's no space, there's plenty of space rather, and they're going to score a try! How smart was that? With both Jennings out of the equation, the right side defence for Parramatta, South Sydney went back there, put a little kick in behind, it's set up for Alex Johnston. He would have been away. Gangai steps infield, links with Crichton, it opens up for Johnston, looking for a double of his own, and he'll get it. He loves scoring at ANZ, Alex Johnston. He racks up the tries for fun at this joint, and he goes over after a big hole opened up. 
the size of the Sydney heads for Parramatta. And Alex Johnston in game number 96 makes it 77 career tries. Reynolds gets it onto Walker. Johnston chimes in. Inglis oh. gets it to Jennings. Luke Lewis is the soothsayer because Jennings <laughs> has four tries, two in each half. And South Sydney, they didn't do it from the back of the scrum this time. They let Burgess set it up. Then on the next play, they put one out over on the left side again. Inglis to Robert Jennings, who has four tries. There's still 19 minutes to go. And the Rabbitohs lead this one 32 points to 14. He got to four. Can he get to five? Pass hits him on the chest. As the siren is about to sound, there's nowhere for him to go. He's tackled 38 metres out. And he may as well get that match ball signed to remember <laughs> a big night for the Jennings family. Michael Jennings played game number 250, but it didn't end the way that he wanted. But Robert Jennings scores four tries in a fantastic win for South Sydney, who make it seven victories in a row for the first time in the same season since 1994. They are building very nicely. The 2014 Premiers might be on track to be there on the final day of this season. They win it, 42 points to 24 over Parramatta to South Sydney. So huge win there for the Rabbitohs, uh, highlighted by four tries. Not often you see four in a game, but Robert Jennings was able to reach that little mark. And they go top of the table now, South Sydney, after that uh, very, very impressive win. Uh, let's hear from uh, coaches and captains, respectively. Uh, and we'll start with the winners, Anthony Seabold and Greg Inglis, having a chat after what was a very convincing second half and a big victory for South Sydney. Yeah, we weren't happy with our start at all. I think um, you know, Parramatta ran with more intent and a bit more aggressive defensively uh, than us that first 20, and, and it showed. I think you know they, they jumped out to, uh, to 14 points there. So, uh, yeah, we need to be better with that. But, yeah, um, like you said, we, uh, we got better as the game went on. So, um, yeah, plenty to work on still, but, you know, we are comfortable with, uh, with, with how we attacked in particular. Yeah, well, it was a big game for, for Michael Jennings. Obviously, he's two, 250th, so I was a little bit worried about uh, Rob during the week because he's playing his two older brothers. So, um, But, you know, he did a really good job. And the guys inside him, like Greg and, and also Cody, I thought, um, you know, also did a great job there setting him up for, for a couple of those tries. But um, you might get Oh, just, yeah, you're playing against his two older brothers. It, it's, he's not done that before. He's, he's played against Michael before, but... Um, yeah, so just spoke to him about being aggressive, getting some, some early carries and getting himself into the game. Um, not really, because you know, we, we worked um, really hard at it, I suppose, during the pre-season. And um, I just tried to have a look at what the players' strengths were and had a, a pretty simple philosophy. You know, Dave Ferner does a lot of the day-to-day -day details in, in and around our attack. You know, I sort of built the game model how I wanted us to play and, and Dave does a lot of the details. But we also lean on the players, you know, like um, you know, Greg Sutto, Reno, Cody, they have a, a big say in, in um, you know, what shapes we're going to put on and, and how we're going to run them and I think that's important that they have um, you know, some, some ownership in and around that and be empowered to, to um, you know, come up with a sort of attacking format each week but yeah, as I said I've sort of set a guideline there how I wanted to attack and we just kept working away at it. Uh, yeah, we're, we're going we're gonna, to uh, have some time off uh, back end of next week. Um, yeah, we're also going to um, just try and re reinvigorate the group. We're going to have the Waratahs Rugby Union Club uh, come in and, and do some um, hybrid games on Wednesday, and then we're going to go on a four-day break. Obviously, uh, a number of our guys will be in origin and away with the, uh, the England team, so uh, we'll have a small group of training. So just reinvigorating them and then giving them some time away from footy is important, I think. 
Um, oh, that's a yeah. I haven't really thought about it. To be fair, uh, Bulldog, I think uh, my mentality as a coach is your next job's most important. I know it's easy to say that and harder to do, but that's that's been my focus ever since I've been a coach, even when I was an assistant. So um, you know, haven't looked too far ahead. You know, um, we got a buy next week, and I think we need that buy. We've we've had. Um, a pretty challenging sort of travel schedule over the the, the recent month. So, yeah, not looking far, you know, too far ahead, mate. Obviously, we're pleased with, with, with the last seven weeks, you know. We'd be lying if we, we, we didn't didn't say that. But we've got plenty to work on, and I think there was 24 or 26 points or something like that scored against us tonight, and that's not good enough. So, plenty to work on, mate. And I just like what we did with Port Adelaide when we brought them across uh, in the pre-season. So it's just a bit of fun. It re- reinvigorates the group. Uh, Waratahs have got a number of Wallabies players away. So they come back from Japan on Monday and I spoke to Daryl Gibson. I said, would you be keen to, to bring the guys in? I just wanted to reinvigorate our group. We're going to be missing quite a few guys. So the, the group there needs to be stimulated. And I think uh, the Waratahs coming in and, and doing some, some games against us will, will be a, a good uh, simulation next week. So. So Anthony Seabold, Greg Inglis there. Uh, again, a disappointing performance for the Parramatta Eels after last week's great victory. Backs to the wall victory against the Cowboys up in Darwin. There were some better things expected of them. Not to say they went into this game as favourites by any stretch, but at halftime, they only trailed by the two points and were really taking it up to the Rabbitohs. Simply couldn't sustain it for the entire 80 minutes. Their coach, Brad Arthur, and uh, also Tim Manor spoke after the game and after another loss, Parramatta still consigned to the bottom of the NRL table. Yeah, that wasn't great, that period there, but um, some of the defensive reads and some of the errors that we made tonight are you know, a reserve-grade standard. Um, I thought there was a lot of good effort and I thought there was a lot of good performance for us, but um, some big um, decision-making or some errors in, in decision-making and a couple of errors on play one out of red zone really really cost us. I don't I don't want to be rude to South. They executed their play really well, but we've seen that them plays a thousand times. We defend them a thousand times at training. We just um, we were we weren't aggressive or we weren't passive and you know working out together. We we're trying to do both. Yeah, we just weren't connected together. You know, we have two inside defenders are up now. Two outside defenders were back. Yeah, well, obviously the talk wasn't there, um, and not backing ourselves. You know, we're coming outside our systems, not working together. Oh, no, not really. You know, they've been playing together on that edge for a while now, and, and they've been looking comfortable together. So, but we didn't tonight. Well, we did. Well, I think we only had 20% of the ball the first 15, 20 minutes of the second half. So, um, you know, we just some fundamental errors on play one really hurt us. Well, there was a game there to be won if we wanted it. Um, yeah, but we needed to, you know, I thought our plan was working okay. We were going through the middle well. We are carrying the ball. Physically, we were okay. Um, but, you know, we talked about three tries really out of nothing um, that we should defend. And that was the same result in the second half. Yep. But, um, you know, that's my job and I've got to, we've got to make sure we try and fix it. Yep, but it's, it's part of the job and, um, you know, like, it's going to have to keep working hard and, and make sure that we can come up with, with some solutions. No, nah, no. Nah. You know, as long as we keep working hard, um, you know, we're, we're obviously a team that's down on confidence and I think that showed a little bit in the second half. We've, you know, we're not backing ourselves with our defence. Oh, you know, I thought, um, I thought we came into the game with a bit of confidence after last week and I thought we started the game like that. Um, 
but as soon as you know, as soon as things didn't really go our way, we kind of slipped back into you know a real lack of belief like we've had the last few weeks, and um, you know I think we we just couldn't dig ourselves out of it. So you know it was it was strange because at times we felt like we were in control of the game, but just some you know lapses of the lapses of concentration, defence, and just going out of our systems uh, really let us down. The great debate for Kubota diesel generators for serious backup power. Yeah, that it is indeed, and I'm sure the crew at Kubota won't mind me being a little cheeky. We're going to have two very quick mini-debates, great debates all the same, for Kubota diesel generators providing reliable, constant backup power you need when you need it. Stay league-related for now. Uh, Origin is the focus. Sats, your thoughts on Darius Boyd? Pulled the pin on rep footy through the week. Uh, Caught a few off guard, none more so than the coach of the Maroons, Kevin Walters. Right call in your mind, or do you think there's an element of knee-jerk, bottom lip dragging on the ground after he wasn't picked? Definitely not. No, definitely not bottom lip. Okay. Um, we, we know that he got asked to come into the uh, the Queensland camp leading up to the first Origin match. Yeah, but from he'd, holiday. He'd yeah, already yeah. organised a trip to Queenstown yep. with his with his family mm-hmm. and was willing to stay behind but was told, no, listen, you'd probably just be making up the numbers, but we just want you as to... As a bit of cover, yep. As a bit of backup. So I don't think he's dropping the lip. No okay. way. I mean, you know, this is a guy that's played in the toughest arena of rugby league as uh, one of the, you know, the leading try scorers and also... 28 form, appearances. Yeah, form, yeah, yeah yep, formed one of the great league. combinations in origin history with, with Greg Inglis. Yep. Uh, I just think, and as I've always thought throughout the week, you know, there's been a lot of haters around this saying that you know, representative football retired on you. You didn't retire on representative mm. football because you weren't picked and, and now you're just um, you're throwing your toys out of the cot. I just think when you're available for Queensland, like Darius is, you're always hoping to get that phone call on the Monday leading into Origin saying, hey, listen, you've been selected. Yep. And emotionally, it, yeah. does, it takes a lot out of you. It would drain you, I suppose. It doesn't yeah. matter if you're yeah. a, doesn't matter whether you were Jonathan Thurston or Darren Lockyer, and you know you're going to play. Monday is always a very emotionally draining day. Yeah, yeah. Um, and even more so for Darius, not knowing where he sits in the pecking order. So I think by taking control of the situation and making himself unavailable. He takes one less pressure off himself yeah. so he can just prepare for the Brisbane Broncos. And again, whether it's a great PR exercise or not, I don't. it doesn't bother me. But to say, hey, listen, there's another wave of generation coming through behind yeah. me and, and they need to be the ones that get introduced to origin like I was many years ago. Worth noting too with Darius, and I think you've absolutely hit the nail on the head there, Sats, is yeah, for the last couple of seasons at the very least, he's had also the, the draining aspect of his body, you know, whether it was 100%, he's had the, the soft tissue concerns. Yep. So that in itself, week in, week out, getting up for the Broncos is, has probably been pretty tiresome. So yeah, to remove one element of that out of his mindset, I don't think it's a bad thing. And like you said, the fact he's got so much faith in the next generation coming mm. through is excited to sit back and watch them do their thing. I think he's uh, he's made the right call. Let's talk boxing quickly. Uh, Jeff Horn took on Terence Crawford over the weekend. Was was outclassed, if we're being brutally honest. Yeah. Uh, what next for Jeff? The constant rumours and whispers that it's Anthony Mundine. Uh, huge dollars on offer for Jeff Horn if he's to take on that bout. But that aside, does the Australian sporting public or boxing fans in general want to see this fight happen? They don't want to see it now. But leading into it, they will because Anthony, Ask again Mund- in six well, Anthony Mundine will promote this like he's promoted every other fight where he'll turn it to a, an us-versus-them siege mentality. He'll play the race card. Mm. Uh, he'll turn this into a, a white-versus-black card. And it's not the way it should be promoted, but it's the way it will, it's the way it yep. will go. We just know the way that Anthony Mundine loves to promote 
his fights and makes a lot of money and has made a lot of money doing that also. Uh, two to three million dollars possibly is going to be more money than Jeff Horn's going to get for any of his fights coming up. Yeah. And at the end of the day, that's the thing that talks. The talk is the yep. is your bottom line, the, the the dollar that you got at the bottom line when you retire from fighting and knowing that your family is comfortable. Uh, he's won a world title. He's defended a world title. Now, if he gets some of those bouts against potential world title holders you never know. as a warm-up bout, absolutely. Go and take the money. Go for, go right ahead. You've got to remember, Mundine is 43 years of age now mm. too also. So uh, Tom is not on his side, but he's still very smart between the years, Anthony. Great debate. couple of them there for Kubota Diesel Generators for serious backup power. Up next, Sats will reveal our Makita Power Player. We'll get a preview too from a big weekend in motorsport with the boys on the driver's seat, all that and more. Still ahead of us right here on Off The Bench. This is Off The Bench for Kubota Diesel Generators. Big Four. Book now at bigfour.com.au and first choice liquor. The Makita Power Player for Makita's cordless power garden range. Yes, indeed. Those power garden tools will power through the toughest of jobs, uh, Makita, when power means business. And I know uh, Sats uh, on that palatial mansion that you reside in, there's a fair bit of foliage around. So if you're needing to chop through it, I know you would swear to use nothing but a Makita. So uh, we love having their support. And the Power Player, which is, of course, the segment uh, that they are looking after. Tell us who it is, because this is one hell of a story. I've got a Makita hedge trimmer, you know? Yes. Yep. Yeah, you just use that for everything. Just hedges, trees. Dog. <laughs> Scare the dog away. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Wife's hair. <laughs> <laughs> who have you got for us, Sats? Peter Wallace. Yeah. Uh, I want a, a, a big shout-out also to Robert Whitaker, who fought <laughs> for the UFC. Talk about courageous. Yeah, middleweight uh, championship. He had to... He actually didn't end up fighting for the title because his opponent, Yal Romero, didn't weigh yep. in, so yep. the the belt is taken away, and Whitaker took 30% of Romero's purse as But well. still has to front up for the fight. Absolutely, yep. and yep. a very dangerous opponent as yeah, well. Yeah, so yeah. ended up winning that by decision. Uh, many people are questioning whether it maybe should have been a draw, but uh, great work to Robert Whitaker as well. And revealed after the fight that he'd, he'd broken his hand yeah. uh, in the first round, and if you don't mind. By all accounts, Dana White, who was the CEO of the UFC, says that he is one of his most popular yep. and exciting fighters Marketable. and will make so much money out of this game, which yeah. is good to hear. Yeah, but well done, Bobby. I think, um, I think everyone is, uh, has sat back and admired Peter Wallace in his career, but probably admired also the reasons why he has retired effective immediately from rugby league. Mm-hmm. He's played the best part of two seasons without an anterior cruciate ligament in his knee, which is just Staggering. unbelievable. Yeah, yep. And, um, and now at the age of 33 in October, it's probably the right time. Yep. It could have been now or it could have been at the end of the season. Um, of course, the Penrith Panthers sitting second on the competition ladder at the moment, one of the premiership favourites. Mm. And he's now come out overnight and said, hey, listen, the real reason why I've, I've got to step down is because I could ruin their premiership chances. And this is the selflessness of this decision. With a side going as well as it is, he could uh, have the dreams, grandeur of – you know, being involved in a premiership, just dragging himself across the line. But the fact that he's putting club first as opposed to his own goals, it, it, again, it well, speaks gonna, volumes of the He's going to keep training, yeah, just as you case. would. Yep. You know, yep. You're going to keep training, one, because they're paying him, and two, uh, <laughs> you keep training yeah. because... Anything can happen. And you want to be around that team environment. Yep. His yep. mentoring will be just priceless for the two young hookers that they've got in their club right now. And one of them is um, Wade Egan, and uh, the other one is uh, Young Katoa, yep. who is just outstanding. An outstanding young player, Sione Katoa, 
So they've got good depth there. So it's not as if he's leaving the Panthers in the lurch. No. Um, he would have had a look at their stocks and said, how close are these guys to playing 80 minutes of rugby league? And they're very close to. There's two young hookers. So great work by Peter Wallace to not only yeah, think about his, his own health, his own body, his family, time away from the game, whatever it may be, but also selflessly look at the club and say, you know, in a big game, he may have buckled under that knee yeah. and left the team exposed. So Super great work, career. Pete Wallace. He played four Origin games for New South he Wales. Um, 2008 was his first game, and it was an amazing debut. So, yeah, well done, Pete. Yeah, incredible. Uh, very, very courageous, and that's putting it lightly. Makita's cordless power garden range, when power means business. The driver's seat preview for Kubota skid steers. Power at your fingertips. Righto, let's shift focus. Last week on the driver's seat, 400 race veteran Lee Holdsworth joined Matty and Steve on the show. Lee's driven a fair few makes during his tenure, having driven Holdens, Fords and even Mercedes. So the boy's got his thoughts on Nissan leaving the sport and what needs to be done to attract new manufacturers to the category. This is for Kubota Construction Equipment, delivering power and performance. Speak to your Kubota dealer. Let's take a listen. Mate, uh... Looking forward, obviously Nissan's announced their departure out of out of the sport at the end of this year. You've mm. you've driven for a couple of manufacturers. Obviously, you've driven uh, for Betty at uh, at Erebus there in the, in the Mercedes. Obviously, in the uh, in the Holden now. What's your thoughts on obviously new manufacturers coming in? You know, and also. You know, there's there's talk about you know having a bit of a hybrid era as well. So I mean, I know there's a, there's a lot of for and against for that. But um, I mean, have you read any of that? Yeah. And and what's your thoughts on some of yeah. that? For me, I don't agree with the hybrid thing. I I think we need to focus less on manufacturers. To be honest, I think that stuff will look after itself if we've got the crowd, if we've got the TV coverage, and and the way to do that is just pure entertainment. Um, I think they need to cut the costs in the sport which is something they've been looking at for, for years, but it's never happened. Yeah. Um, the costs keep going up, and uh, and sponsorship is obviously tough at the moment. So, um, you know, to, to sustain um, the longevity of the sport, I think for the, folk, the focus right now should be uh, getting the fans more involved and, and giving them what they want, which is V8, loud cars, you know, uh, biff and barge on the track, um, fan interaction and, and, and good television coverage. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, I really think that uh, once you get that, um, you know, the, the manufacturers will come running to us because yeah. at the moment we've been dangling the bait for a long time and haven't had many nibbles. I'm actually in agreement with, with you, Lee. I think the V8 is where we need to be. I think uh, that's what the crowd wants. That's what the crowd loves. And if that's going to get them through the gates and, and get their eyeballs on the telly, then that's what's going to get manufacturers involved and then more sponsors and blah, blah, blah. So, mate, it's... Um it's a good call, and I think that's what we'll see, hopefully, moving forward in, in the future, because I'm no big fan of this hybrid stuff anyway. And I come from <laughs> racing a diesel, so, you know, I'm, I'm all about alternative engines, but, I mean, yeah, no, you can keep your hybrids. Diesels are quiet enough. Lee, mate, we're going to let you go. The beautiful Ava is probably waiting on your time there, and uh, we're, we're going to let you go, mate. Thank you so much for joining us, and uh, no, we'll no doubt talk to you again. Thanks. Just a quick one too, Lee. Uh, yeah, all you need yeah. is 24 more races to beat Stevie J. Just putting it out oh, there. Thanks. Oh, there we go. He's oh, done the right. stats. That's 24 more races. <laughs> and then he's going to come yeah, well, in to teach Touring Car Masters. You need to get me some sponsorship and I'll go <laughs> it. it might be sooner than you think. <laughs> if the results don't improve, I might, <laughs> yeah. I might, I might not beat your record. Oh, you'll be right, mate. You'll be right. Good we'll on you, Lee. Thanks for being a part thanks. of the show, mate. All right.
Thanks, brother. Thanks, bud. Matt and Steve are back this week for another big edition of the program with Craig Lowndes joining us. Uh, Also, the legendary Dick Johnson will be in the studio as well. You can catch the latest episode of The Driver's Seat this weekend. You can also head online via Facebook where you can track down the podcast at The Driver's Seat Show for Kubota's M71. It's all about size and all about power. We're going to get to a break here on Off the Bench. When we return, Sats will uh, dig deep into his uh, crystal ball for some tips for round 15, what's left of it. And that'll do us here on another big edition of Off the Bench. This is Off the Bench for Kubota diesel generators. Big Four. Book now at bigfour.com.au and first choice liquor. It's time for Scotty's Tips for Big Four Holiday Parks. Book your next great Australian break at bigfour.com.au. Oh, yeah, indeed. I'm due a holiday, and if I'm going to take one anytime soon, I'll be heading straight to the website, bigfour.com.au forward slash great Aussie escapes for some inspiration on where to head on this amazing country of ours, thanks to Big Four. Let's get Sats tips for the remainder of round 15. Starting tonight, Sats, Roosters, Panthers. You've covered this game extensively earlier on in the show. Who's winning and why? I think the Panthers win because I think they're a little bit more uh, decisive than the, the Roosters are. The Roosters are, as I said earlier on, a little bit rocks and diamonds at the moment. They they just got away against a pesky Newcastle last week by two points, who are very courageous. But the Roosters at the moment, they I don't know, they're, they're just not – their forwards are getting out-enthused. They're not as aggressive as what they were. They've still got some, some errors in their game, most notably Blake Ferguson yep. has probably got – you know, one or two really crucial errors in his game, whereas the Panthers at the moment, their forwards are big, they're bullies, they're aggressive, and on the back of that, they're young. The young halfback is just controlling the side beautifully. I'm going to take the Panthers. Okay, three games Saturday. Uh, let's start with the Doggies and the Titans. Don't envisage any finals football for either of these two sides, but a win's a win, and they'll both be desperate. I'm going to take Titans. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, the Bulldogs weren't too bad against the Dragons. They fought back really well, but... I don't know. I, I like what the Titans are doing. Against the Rabbitohs last week, they didn't get the rub of the green with a lot of calls. Their penalty count against them at one stage was uh, 12-3, I think mm. it was. Mm. Um, they weren't able, able to utilize that, that possession, that field position, and turn it into points, which is disappointing. But I think the team they're playing against South are in a pretty good, they're in a pretty good system at the moment, Going a pretty well. good mindset. But the Bulldogs, yep. if they had that, possession and field position against the Bulldogs, I think they would have scored points. So, Titans. All right. Uh, second of the three That's a games. That's Oval, actually. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Uh, Dragons, top of the table, side take on the, well, who knows which Manly might turn up the Seagulls, who just uh, having one of those roller coaster years we have become accustomed to yeah. at Manly. Yeah, it's, it's I don't, I, I just think they're waiting for the end of the season, the Seagulls. They can't wait to get to Mad Monday because they can start for next year because the amount of injuries they've had, yeah, the yeah. turmoil off the field as well, it's um, got to be destabilising. So I think the Dragons. Sharks, Broncos, Saturday night. Yeah, the Broncos were game against the Melbourne Storm. They started off really well. Good enthusiasm as yeah. well. A few players on show for the for the Broncos when it comes to origin. Joe Offen and Gow, probably most notably one of those. But I think the Sharks. All right, and on Sunday, two games to uh, wrap up the weekend, round 15. Night Storm. I like this one on paper. Yeah, it's Storm. Yeah. Storm. Yeah, Billy Slater has been named. Yeah. Whether he plays or not, we don't know. I'll leave it to the last minute. I'm I, sure think, I think he will play. Chance. I think he'll want to get some, some contact under his belt before he goes into camp on Monday with the Origin big, side. Big day for Kalen Ponga as Massive, well. Massive, yeah. yeah. Well, again, he's he's playing for an Origin jersey. I hope he doesn't overplay himself. No. Kevin Walters has said, listen, it's it's hard to keep this kid back any longer. Yeah. 
Yeah, but the storm. All right, and to wrap us up, Tigers Raiders. Yeah, well, it's a t- this is probably the toughest one to pick over the weekend, Benny. But I'm going to say the Raiders because Josh Hodgson has been named. Okay. After that, that knee injury that's yeah. kept him out since uh, the World, World Cup. Cup. Yeah. So um, him coming back is uh, is a huge in for the Raiders, and we'll see a completely different Raiders side as well leading into the finals. I think with Hodgson back, if he can get his timing back match and his running game and yep. his match fitness, I think they'll make a real late run for the for that eighth position. Scotty Sattler's tips for round 15. Thanks to Big Four. Book now at bigfour.com.au. We have been powered by Kubota. And also, of course, thanks to First Choice Liquor for all your liquor needs. We will catch you same time next week. Sats, have a great thanks, weekend. Thanks, See ya. This is Off The Bench for Kubota Diesel Generators. Big Four. Book now at bigfour.com.au and First Choice Liquor.